Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone. Athletes, celebs, and much more. Today's episode is powered by CBD for Life. Whichever CBD products you need and want, CBD for Life has them, from rubs to oils. I personally use the products from CBD for Life, and I love them. Check them out at cbdforlife.us. Use the promo code SAVAGE20 for 20% off your purchase. Again, that's cbdforlife.us. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Our special guest today is two-time world champion Cornelius K9 Bundridge. K9, how's it going? <laughs> what's up? What's up, my guy? You alright? I'm good. How you doing? Good, good. Appreciate you coming on. Oh, day. So let's go back in time. How did you first get involved in boxing? Uh, you know, um, I've been a fighter all my life, so you know, coming from the hood, fighting was easy. But I got the opportunity to actually, you know, become a boxer or start boxing. I jumped to the, you know, I jumped to it. Um, a young man had heard that, you know, I was pretty good with them hands. So he pulled up on me and he said, um, I heard you was good with them hands, man. You know, I heard you can fight a little bit. He said, man, who you think you can fight? Who you think you can beat? You know what I mean? Right now. I said, man, I'll knock Mike Tyson out. <laughs> I thought I could beat Mike Tyson, right? So he was like, man, he said... He said, okay, all right, well, I'm going to come pick you up and take you to the gym see what you're about. So he took me to the gym, man, and, you know, I was taking care of business, you know, putting boys away. But I I realized that, man, boxing was a lot harder than I thought. Mm-hmm. But um, I hung in there, you know, and started boxing, had 10 amateur fights, and turned pro. And w- what year did uh, the guy find you? Uh, he actually pulled up on me um, in 1991. Okay. Yeah, back in 1991. Now, before that, to be honest with you, before that, when I was 11 years old, because I stayed down the street from the famous Crunk Gym. Mm-hmm. So the Crunk Gym is actually in my neighborhood. I went down there and, and went and went and hit the punching bag, you know, but uh, I wanted to spar. And, and the coach at the time, you know, he may rest in peace. His name is Mr. Logan. He wouldn't put me in the ring. So as a kid coming from that neighborhood, McGraw was real rough. I wanted to get in there and fight. I wanted to spar somebody. You know, I want the box. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have to put me in there. So I left the gym and, you know, left the boxing part and went back upstairs and played basketball. And then went down there, downstairs again until, you know, that young man came and pulled up. Gotcha, gotcha. Actually, that's my next question. Did, did, did you play any other sports growing up? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, um, you know, I was, I'm pretty athletic. I, I could play basketball. You know, I, I did real good, you know, as far as basketball. I played on a few teams. Um, when I was in high school, I remember, I remember the coach telling me, you know, don't get kicked out because he he saw I had skills on the basketball court, and I got kicked off the next day. So <laughs> it was meant for me to be a fighter, man. So all I did was fight, fight, fight. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. I'm pretty then, good at, it. I'm pretty good at it. And like you mentioned before, you made your pro debut in 1995. Uh, so what what was that first pro fight like? Man, you know what? It was it was very exciting. It was, man, too exciting because the guy who I fought was actually a fighter that avoided being an amateur. So he turned pro 
thinking that, you know, if I go pro, I did have more experience and then I can call K9 out because now I had the ups on him. And um, he, he remembered me as, as the Mike Tyson type of style that I had when I was fighting the amateurs. But I started watching Ray Jones, so I kind of switched it up on him. So he, he didn't even know that, you know, I had changed my style. So he called me out and I, I set it a challenge. And uh, my, my manager at the time was like, man, you sure you want to fight this guy? And it was like, man, because, you know, he was he was uh, managed by Jackie Kellen. You know, she had managed um, James Tony. Mm-hmm. So, so they was like, man, you know, you sure you want to fight this guy? I'm like, man, yes, I, I want to fight him bad because he ducked me anyway in the amateurs. But at the same time, I know he, he thought I was still fighting like Mike Tyson, so I knew it was going to be an easy fight. So when I went in there and fought him, and I had a whole different style, he had no idea what to do. Beat him the whole fight. I beat him so bad that he stopped boxing after that. Damn, yeah, and he was uh he had three fights under his belt too. Absolutely, absolutely. He was two and one. Yep, he was two and one. Um the only fight he lost because he fought against a guy that had way more fights than him. So he was like, Oh yeah, bring on K nine. He <laughs> he really wanted me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He wanted me bad. Because, you know, and I was at when I we was amateurs, he couldn't see me at all. He knew. He was like a he like a miniature mini Mike Tyson, but I was like Tyson for real, for real. <laughs> Yeah, I was knocking guys out in the amateurs like in 10 seconds. I mean, I was real fierce. I mean, you know, the way that I look, the way my body is structured, structured, that's how I fought. You know, when I turned pro, I realized I couldn't fight like that. It would have been too easy for a lot of fighters if I would have fought like Tyson because I was already short. And then going into punches, you know, that wouldn't have been a good look. So I started started boxing. I said, let me change up and give them something they don't expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you started out 21-0. and You went on a tear. You had a crazy amount of knockouts. And then, uh, Absolutely. and then you had the Powell fight. You suffered your first loss, and then so what was that like? And how did that like motivate you even more? Oh man, that was. Let me tell you something. That was that was a blessing in disguise. To be honest with you, because I had never lost a real fight before in my life. Even as an amateur, mm-hmm. you know the fights that they gave to the other guy. I, was, I really didn't lose them fights. It was just you know they give it to whoever they want to give it to. You know, sport of boxing is dirty, so. Going into that fight, 21 and 0, you know what I'm saying? I think I had, what, 13 knockouts under my belt, knocking guys out left and right. So, man, I was just like, man, I'm going to destroy this guy. I'm going to crush him. So, mm-hmm. you know, going into that fight, I wasn't humble when it came to boxing. I mean, as far as, like, you know, I was a little arrogant because I knew in my mind, could nobody beat me. You know, when I first, like, like when we first did the interview, I told you when he pulled up on me, when Billy pulled up on me, I said, man, I could beat Mike Tyson. So, when I went into that fight, you know what I'm saying? And, and I got stopped in the first round. Oh, man, I was embarrassed. I mean, and one reason why I did, a lot of people don't know, but the reason why I ran out there and tried to knock him out in the first round is because I was promised 10000 for a first-round knockout. So my promoter said, hey, K-9, I got 10000 for you. You know what I'm saying? I was getting 10000 for the fight, and on top of that, I would get a 10000 bonus for a first-round knockout. I was like, oh, man, I'm about to get that extra 10. <laughs> and... Cost me my cost me my, cost me the fight. I lost my first one. And then after that, you you went on the contender series. But take me back, like how did what was the casting process like, or who like who reached out to you for the contender series? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Now let, let me tell you too before we get into that. Yeah. I did get him back though. I did get him back. Oh, sweet was it? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Got held back in a unanimous decision, and I was a champ of the world at the time too. So oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just in case you forgot. <laughs> remember, remember Roy Jones said, y'all must have forgot. <laughs> right. So, be, yo, so being on the contender, 
it was actually real fun, man. You know, now that I look at it, it was fun. Like, um, when they came to Detroit, they came to, see, they came to Detroit looking for, um, you know, people to be on the show, actually in season one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was like, man, I'm undefeated. I was like, uh, I want to be on a reality show because they ain't going to take boxing on my career serious. They just trying to make this into like a movie, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the host, you know, the host of the show or the producer, executive producers, um, Sylvester Stallone. So I was like, oh, man, I ain't about to do this right here because they actually picked me for season one. I actually turned it down. So I would have been on season one. But when I when I suffered my first loss with that fight that I had against Powell, man, I reached back out to them on the second season, and I didn't realize it was going to be that good. So when I saw season one, I was like, wow, I blew a big opportunity. This was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Could have really helped my career big time. But once I lost my first fight, I had no choice but to um, go and try to be on the show because even my um, – my promoter at the time, you know, he started acting different. When I lost my first fight, I mean, people change on you, man. When you at the top, boy, you got so many friends. But when, yeah. you know, you go to the bottom, oh, man, nobody would help you. They'll let you drown. For sure, for sure. And what, what was your overall experience like on the contender? I know you were the fan favorite. Yes, yes. You know, I was a fan favorite. Um, I went out there and I said, you know what, I'm going to put it all in God's hands because, um, you know, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I had lost my first fight. Um, and it was my first time ever losing my first fight, so I didn't know what to expect. I was like, man, I'm just going to put it in God's hands, man, and I'm just going to go out there and give it my best. I'm going to make sure I keep God first. That's what come. I always talked about God on the show. Um, I wanted to sell myself. I wanted people to remember me no matter what. So I wore my shirts. I couldn't understand why the other fighters, they weren't promoting themselves. I mean, they told us that, okay, since this is a reality show, and at the time reality shows was the biggest thing around. So, you know, uh, so I was like, man, this is a chance for me to be able to, you know, sell myself. These guys, you know, they wasn't wearing nothing that had their name on it. I mean, we couldn't wear Nike or Adidas, so they made strippers from all that. We couldn't wear none of that to promote nobody else, so they didn't want to get sued. Mm -hmm. But I was like, man, I'm going to wear my K-9 shirt. So I wore my K-9 shirt, and since my boxing name was K-9, when the camera was on me, I I was barking, and I was winning. I was like, man, you know, I sold myself, so I was. it was a trip to go over to the United Kingdom and, and come through the tunnel when they start barking, K-9. I couldn't believe it, man. I felt like I, I felt like I was Michael Jackson or somebody. You were ahead of your time with the marketing. Yes, I was way ahead of time. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, I got, you know, I got a book I'm about to drop eventually, man. I'm going to drop this book, Don't Bark You Can't Bite, K-9. So, yeah, I was definitely ahead of my time, man. And um, I just thank God because, you know, he gave me another opportunity. And, you know, like I said, after that power loss, man, I didn't know where I was going to go. People treated me different. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and went and got on the contender, man, and revived my career. I became a fan favorite. I, I, I beat Bravo so bad that when I saw Floyd Mayweather, he told me, he said, K-9, he said, man, I seen the power. He said, what you did to Bravo, uh, Berto had your leftovers because Berto had fought him after I fought him, and Berto beat him too. But Floyd was telling me, like, man, you destroyed uh, Bravo, man. You know, uh, Berto had your leftovers. He ain't do nothing. He was just, you know, giving me dap, and I, and I, I felt the respect, and it was, it was all love. Yeah. What about what was it? What was it like? Just like cameras following you around all the time. Was it weird at first? Yes, it was. It was um, it was annoying at first. I mean, <laughs> I can't even go to the bathroom without a camera, you know, coming towards me. I'm like, man, I'm looking at. It, I'm like, man, bro, can I use the bathroom? <laughs> but then, <laughs> but then eventually, you know, I got used to it. I was like, you know what? They just doing their job, you know what I mean? 
And so, you know, I just, you know, it was just like, you know, being in the house and the, with the walls, you know what I mean? The walls, they're they going to be what they're going to be. They're going to be on the wall, you know what I'm saying? Right. They, they, you, you walk past it, it's just, you know, it's just natural. So the cameras got natural to me. I just, you know, they, you know, it just became just a part of, you know, just being in the house. It wasn't nothing about that. But in the beginning, oh, yeah, I was like, man, I was just trying to watch. I was being careful what I say and everything. But eventually, yeah. I just, did, you know, decided just be, just started to be myself. I just became myself and just flowed. That's all. Yeah, yeah. All right, I got two. I got two fan questions from the Contender series. You ready? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. One of one of them is: Are you still friends with Andre Eason? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm still I'm still friends with Andre Eason. Um, I reached out to him when I was in New York. Uh, maybe a, what three weeks, maybe a month ago. I reached out to him. I was trying to, you know, see could he come link up with me. Um, I still text him and I'm still call him. We still talk. Um, not just me and Andre Eason, but me and um. Um, Van Roy and Grady and Fred, I still be in contact with uh, Steve Forbes and Hulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the other question is, do you think you beat Steve Forbes? Man, listen, <laughs> you know, you you go, you go look at my record. So my my record is what thirty six and six. Yeah. But I re- truly, to me, I only truly lost three fights, and not no not no six fights. I feel like I beat Steve Forbes. I feel like I beat Eshe Smith, and I feel like I beat Grady Brewer. You know, so, I mean, it is what it is. You know, once you get one loss in that record, it's easy for them to give you another one. And then they give you another one. They say, take that, take that, like the Biggie song. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I definitely feel like I beat them, you know. But I don't want to sound bitter and, and, you know, like, I'm not bitter or none of that. You know, yeah. it is what it is. You know, if they gave it to me, they the people probably felt that he lost. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Same with other fighters, you know, same with the E.J. Smith and all of them. I, I still reached out to Ishe, and we still talk and kick it, you know what I mean? So, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, it's a sport of boxing. You win some, you lose some, but I do feel like I won those fights. For sure, for sure. All right, now fast forward into 2010. You had your, your big title shot versus – or no, yeah, your big title shot versus Corey Spinks. Yes. So <clears throat> what, what was that like? What was that like just getting the opportunity to finally fight for the world title? Well, you know um, – you know, it was it, a lot of people. Not a lot of people. They think that you know, I got in that position because of the contender. No, the contender really just gave me a lot of experience. It, it gave me a chance to share my story mm-hmm. and it reached millions of people. You know, and it helped the sport of boxing. But 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 I actually fought my way to the to, to the Corey Spinks fight. I had fought against a guy, um, and on three weeks notice, the three week notice, I fought on um the Klitschko undercard in Germany. So they flew yeah. me in to fight against this guy named Zerbiak Basagor. Forgive me if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but it's Zerbiak Basagor, but he's a Russian. Yeah. Uh, 19 and over 15 knockouts. So I went over there, man, and knocked him out. And um, I became number two mandatory for the Corey Spinks fight. So that's how I actually got the fight between, you know, against Corey Spinks. <laughs> and uh, excuse me, and I'm uh, going into that fight against Corey Spinks. Man, Corey Spinks, you know, I think he was, you know, out of shape mm-hmm. because the fight got canceled, like, my man, at least three times. So I was getting ready for Corey Spinks, like, three times, man. If I get canceled, I would go train hard. If I didn't get canceled, I'd, get, I'd train harder. If I didn't get canceled, I'd train even harder than that. And I started realizing, like, man, only, only, you can't train no harder than, than the hardest you can train. So what tripped me out is that fighters be talking about some, man, I'm in the best shape of my life. Okay, then they'd be like, man, for the next fight, I'm in the best shape of my life. 
in the next fight for that. I'm in the best shape of my life. You only can be in the best shape of your life, and that's it. You don't get no better than the best shape of your life. So I realized that as far as I could go, it was, was, was the sky. After you get after you reach the sky, you can't go no farther than that. So I started working on my skills instead of steady trying to get in better and better shape because I felt like when I fought Corey Spinks, I actually overtrained. Mm-hmm. And if you go watch the fight, you will see I went out there and just started throwing bombs and try to knock them out in round one because my legs was gone. I just felt different. You know, I just, I really knew I overtrained. So I said, let me just go ahead and try to go get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the was that the card? I mean, was that the fight where he came out with like Nelly and stuff? Yeah, abs. Uh, you know what? I don't know if it was Nelly, but I know he came out. I know he came out there dancing. <laughs> he yeah. came out there dancing. Was, I don't know if it was Nelly or not, but was I it? do remember him coming out there dancing. I know he came out with Nelly one time before. Yeah. I think that was a Zab Judah fight. He might have came out with oh, Nelly. I can't remember. I just was. I just turned my head. Was that was that more mind. motivation when uh, like? Cause was that is that more motivation when like a guy comes out like crazy like that? Absolutely. I feel yeah. like you disrespect respect, respecting a sport. Yeah. When I see fighters come out there dancing like they already won a fight and they lose or they get dropped or knocked out, yeah. I be laughing like I don't know what because, <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't be disrespecting your opponent. You ain't won yet. You celebrate and do whatever you want to do after the fight. Yeah. But before the fight, you can't guarantee and say you won a fight. Uh, you know, when you dance, that's the, basically, I guarantee that I won. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I'm that guy. Yeah. I'm a champ. I done did it. No, bro. <laughs> it ain't over to the fat lady sing. For sure, for sure. So so what was that feeling like winning the world title? You got the TKO, the fifth round. Man, I, I remember hitting um, Corey Speaks, and um, he would go nowhere. And I was, I was talking to God in my head. I was like, God, I know I'm supposed to be here. Like, when is it going to happen? And I just heard in my mind, I heard, I heard keep working. And I finally knocked him out. I said, man, let me give God the glory, man. I dropped to my knees and said, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I was happy as I don't know what. I was happy, man. I was real happy. Very happy. And then did that, did that change your life? Yeah, yeah. It, you know what? It actually changed my life. It changed my life because one thing about it, when you become world champion, even if you lose a title, they can never take that away from you. Yeah. Once a champion, always a champion. So it changed my life forever. I was a world champion. I became the champ of the world. I mean, but you know, I, I wasn't. The, I wasn't the same K man I used to be. So I didn't get a chance to really just like feel myself. You know, the old K nine would have been in the hood. Would have been going crazy. Would have just been doing all kind of stuff. You know. I had settled down, man. I had got married. You know, after the contender, I got married to my wife, so I slowed tremendously down. So I was really a humble guy. So I really I really could never, you know, realize that I was a champ of the world until I lost my title. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized, wow, I was the champ of the world. I was actually the champ. I used to always say, man, I'm the champ, but I couldn't really feel it. I couldn't really see it because I just was too humble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. All right, so I know you want to you want to go back on this one. So you got the rematch versus Powell, and you got your revenge. So what, what was that like? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah, man. It was a trip because, um, like I said, in that fight, I was promised ten thousand, you know, for a first round knockout. Yeah, I mean, you know, so I ran out there trying to get him simultaneously because I was trying to get that ten thousand dollars, that extra bonus. Now, you know, now that I think about the whole fight. I think with the skills he had, you know, maybe he still could have probably pulled off a, a decision, but he wouldn't have stopped me in the first round. But, you know, from there on out, one thing about me, man, I learned from my mistakes quick, yeah. especially in boxing. So from there on out, man, I became a southpaw killer. I started sparring on Andy Lee a whole lot. I just started practicing on how to defeat a southpaw. 
So finally, when uh, he got a position, you know, uh, we fought. I know, I know the Bible says, you know, revenge is God. So when I became world champion, I wasn't thinking, oh, I want to fight Saku Paul because he beat me. No, if he ever got in a position, I said to myself, if he ever get in a position to fight me, if we ever fight, I'm going to destroy him. And finally, he won. I think he fought against um, Corey Spinks and beat Corey Spinks. Or he fought somebody. Anyway, he became the number one contender and, and mandatory for my title. And I was happy as I don't know what. I was, man, I was training hard as I don't know what. I was ready. He actually was so pumped up that he got out there, you know, uh, what, two days before the fight. Because, you know, you ain't got to fly in to the, uh, to the venue or to the place to fight where you going to fight at until, you know, the, the, the last few days or whatever. But anyway, he got there before I did. I had a choice to come out there, you know, early in the week or to continue to train and come there you know, a few days before the fight. So he got there early and he was all on his social media. Man, I hope K-9 ain't scared. He ain't here. I hope he here. I hope I hope he show up. I don't know where he at. I'm like I'm look, I'm looking at these comments like man, this guy crazy. So I finally you know I finally get there because I'm getting all the training I can before I get there. Because once you go out of town, you doing all kind of media. You ain't doing as much training, so I'm trying to get all my training in before I, you know I'm actually there and I can't really train like that. So when I finally get there and we get on the scale. I was like, boy, you know what I'm saying? I told him, Andy Lee told you what time it was because Andy told him, like, man, K-9 ain't the same K-9 you fought, bro. He different. He's like, oh, no, you just say, when I said, man, you're going to see, boy, you're going to get that work. You thought I was scared to fight you, bro. I'm the champ of the world, bro. I just was giving it to him, like, man, you're going to get wrecked. I'm going to put you I'm gonna put you on ice. Yeah. He, oh, no, no, you ain't oh. So, man, I beat him so bad, man. He was kicking a bucket in the ring. And, you know what I'm saying? It was crazy. I beat him round by round by round. It was a unanimous decision. And, yeah, I got him. I got him with I'm talking, I got him good. Super good. He was mad. But, you know, it was respect at the end of the day. You know, I respect him to this day. You know, we won and won, but I beat him when it really counted, you know. Yeah. And, and that's me being a champ of the world. So, he know what it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I was going to save it for this question for later, but was that – your favorite fight, you'd say? Man, you know what? Man, that revenge, me just, that, that revenge was, was the stuff up there. It's, it's really hard to say which one was my favorite fight because it's, it's just so many of them. I mean, yeah. you got to think about it. I was on a, the, the biggest boxing reality show of all time. One of the, I would say probably the second biggest reality show of all time. I ain't talking about reality shows of today. I'm talking about when reality shows that just came out. Yeah. I'm talking about behind American Idol. So being on a contender, Fighting them fights on the contender was all of them was super big. When I won my first fight after that loss I had with Powell on the contender, that was big. When I beat Michael Clark, people were so excited and happy for me. I was the MySpace king. Yeah. So that was so that, that right there was huge. When I fought at the Staples Center in front of fourteen thousand, sold out just like uh, KSI and Logan, <laughs> they just sold out. Millions of people will saw the fight. Same situation. Mm-hmm. I sold out the the, the Staples Center. Um, you know, and I, I destroyed Bravo. You know, my sister had got killed, man, so I did it for her. That was a huge fight for me, a huge win for me. You know, um, beating um, Bravo and becoming a fan favorite and, and just launching off and, you know, continuing to have a career because a lot of lost that fight, man, and you never know what the contender would have did. You know, you know, a lot of, we got a lot of friends when you're at the top, like I say, and then if you lose or you're at the bottom, it's over with. So that was a big fight. Uh, when I fought over in Germany and I beat the guy, for the number two spot and, and had the rights to fight, you know, uh, Corey Spinks for a world title, mm-hmm. that was huge. So, I mean, you yeah. know, I had some huge wins. Yeah. Some very, very huge wins. 
for sure. And for then sure. going to Carlos Molina town and becoming the oldest, uh, not his town, but his whole his country, mm. and being the oldest German middleweight world champion of all time today, to this day, as <laughs> 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 the bottom squad would say, that is huge. So I mean, you know, we got I got a few up, man. I got a few up, but but I, t- I definitely I definitely would say that um the fight with Powell is definitely up there. It, it's in the top. Yeah. It's in the top what seven top yeah. seven I would say. Definitely, definitely. And then uh, yeah, actually, what what was that like fighting in Mexico? That was your I think that was your first and only time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, it was man, I was ready for that fight, boy. People, I mean, if anybody better on me, they made a, a gang of money because <laughs> I know I was underdog. And people thought, because I was in my 40s, that, um, you know, it, it was over with for me. But they don't know, man. You know, when my back is up against the wall, man, I'm going to come out swinging, for real. Um, I was in real good shape for that fight. I'm talking about tremendous shape, you know. Um, shout out to um, shout out to Jay and um, Third, you know, for helping me get ready for that fight. But, man, I was I was not going to come back home without that title. And if you notice, all you got to do is see when I fought overseas, every time I won, and I won in spectacular in fashion. I mean, I went out there, man, and, and, and did to Carlos Molina what Laura couldn't do, what no other fighter could do. You know what I mean? And, and they tried to, they, they actually cheated, man. They tried to drown me over there, man, because, you know, when you fight in the arenas, normally the arenas, they might be a little warm here and there, but normally they might have a little ACL, which is cool. It's kind of regular for the for the people that's there, you know, because it's all about the fans. Man, you know that over in the arena, they had that mug blazing hot. <laughs> I, now I know it's hot. I know it's hot in Cancun, Mexico. Anyway, but they had it inside the building was hot. I'm talking about it felt like it was like 90 degrees in there, man. I couldn't believe it, man. The referee, if you go look at his shirt, go YouTube that fight, Carlos Molina versus K9 Bunders. Man, the referee shirt was soaked. I mean, they they tried to cheat. They felt like okay, because Carlos Molina had a style where he would go forward, and I was in my 40s. And you know they they felt like it would you know he would have too much for me and he'd be able to wear me out. But they didn't know that God knew what they were trying to do. So at home I was training in the heat. You know I don't know why I didn't say nothing to um, Jay about you know turning the heat down. He turned the heat up and I never did complain. And now I know it was all in God's plan. So I trained in the gym with the heat up to like 120. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, so wow, they tried to ban. So it was meant for me to win that that, that fight, man. It was meant because if I would have been training in the heat at the house, you know, um, in Detroit, the world's best, oh uh, man, I would I would have lost that fight just because it would have been too hot. I'd have been I'd have got I'd have got wow. He'd have been putting pressure on me and and the heat, oh uh, man. But I was ready. I went twelve rounds. That was that was the the, the hardest fight for us, like condition wise, as far as how to push myself. Any fight I ever had. Yeah. Now, what, what was the, what was the difference winning your first world title and your second world title? Well, uh, my second world title, my my back was up against the wall. I mm. mean, you know, you don't win this fight, it's over, over. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my first world title, that was um, you know, I mean, it was a blessing in disguise. I had earned that. You know what I mean? And you know, it was a blessing. Both of them was a blessing. I think that um. The second one, well, the second one, I started getting money. <laughs> the first yeah, one, yeah. the first one, I signed with Don King, and um, you know, I became a world champion. I brought the belt back to the city, Drake. Um, it was a drought, and we hadn't had a world champion in thirty years, mm-hmm. so it was super big that we had an actual world champion in the city, of Detroit. You know, after thirty years, you know, what I mean, uh, since I was the great Tommy Hearns, it was big. So it was big. Both of them was big. 
I mean, I wouldn't trade either one of them. But the second one, you know, like I said, I got paid more. I'm still in the history books right now as being the oldest dream in the world champion of all time. I mean, even when they showed the fight on, um, they showed some highlights on ESPN talking about the fighters who are world champions at 40 plus. They actually show uh, Manny Pacquiao, George Foreman, Bernard Hopkins, and they even showed your boy K now. <laughs> <laughs> so both of them was big, man. I I don't know I, I don't know which one was bigger. Yeah. I mean, if that, I can easily say the second one was bigger because that was the last one I got. You know what I mean? I made more money. But, you know, without the first one, you know what I mean, I wouldn't have had the same experience of being a world champion and know what it you know, takes to become one. So, you know, they both were super big, man. Yeah, for sure. And I know you haven't fought since 2017, so are you still trying to fight or are you retired? Yes, to be honest with you, I am still trying to fight. I mean, yeah. I'm a... I'm going to see what happens um, in 2020. And if I can't get nothing, then I'm just going to just call it a day. But I've been trying to fight, man. Um, you even sponsored me, man, with that nice outfit. I want to wear that so bad. Yeah. But it's just like <laughs> I was about to fight against this guy. Well, on this car with a guy named Ron over in New Orleans. I was going to be the main event. And then like a week or two weeks before the fight, they called me and told me that, you know, the fight, my fight card was canceled, and they didn't know that, you know, if I was going to be able to fight, you know what I mean? Because they was making up all these excuses. Oh, well, he's a little too old. And But but at first, you know, when you went to the um, you went to the commission, they were saying, oh, yeah, K-9 from Contender. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a money grab. I think that I got my name got used for yeah. sponsorship. And once he put the money in his pocket, you know, he uh, he came with an excuse that, I, that, you know, that I was too old or they – you know, so I, it was some bull junk in the game, man. But I'm definitely still trying to fight. I'm in the shape. I'm in the gym. Still training fighters, training my son. I'm training um, a guy named Dean. You know, I'm training a few young ladies, and I'm still training myself. So I still got a few more in me. And I, at 46 years old, oh, uh, man, you'd be surprised. Boy, I don't move nothing like no 46-year-old at all. <laughs> I'm cut up like what up. Trust me. Yeah, no, I know you're always in shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if something can come my way, man, and it's right, man, I'll take it. I mean, but obviously, I don't, I don't want no fight against nobody fifty and oh with fifty knockouts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but the money's right. I'm gonna do what I gotta do, and I'm gonna still give it my best. I never fight just for the money. Yeah. You know what I mean, I'm gonna always try to win. But um. So do you really I, just I, want I, like one more fight? Huh? You really just want like one more fight? No, 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 no. I really, I really want more than one more fight. I really want to get to the 40, 40 wins. I yeah. want to get to 40 wins. You know, I'm 36 and 6. Gotcha. I want at least four more fights so I could be 40, 40 and 6. My record is something like that. And when you say, if I have 40 fights, it'll say, yeah, K9 record is 40 and 6 and 1. See what I'm saying? 40, 40 and 6 and 1. Don't sound like I got 40 wins, 6 losses, and, and one, 1 no contest. Mm. If you say, K9's record, he has a record of 46 and 1. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I got 46 and one versus 46 and one. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I definitely want to. Um, I definitely want to fight again, man. I really do. I mean, seriously, man. So I still got it. I know these guys. These guys ain't about nothing out here, man. You know. I mean, I take my head off to a lot of these fighters that are champions and people putting, you know, they they their lives on the line, you know, in the sport of boxing. But a lot of these guys are really playing boxing, man. They trying to see who they can fight. They picking their fights. They it, it's just it ain't like it was like when I was coming up. Like, yeah. Fighters ain't, you know, only the ones at the top are real hungry. But a lot of fighters, like in my city, man, they, you know, they when the cameras come on, they in the gym. You know, days like this where in Detroit right now it's snow on the ground. Ain't nobody 
nobody in a gym like that. The only time they go be in a gym is they got a fight covered up. You don't supposed to train when you just mm-hmm. you got a fight covered up. If you try to be a champion, you got to train all the time. And that's one thing that I always did. I trained all the time. When I was 11 years old, I used to do 1,000 push-ups a day. From 11 years old to 14, and I didn't know I was going to become a boxer or none of that, but I just wanted to have muscles. I wanted to be diesel. So yeah. being, you know, working hard was always in my blood. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think the whole social media thing, I mean, I think it changed people in general, but, like, the boxing world, too, just, like, you know, the hype and stuff like that, um, just with, you know, like you were saying, like calling, picking guys out and stuff like that. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> man. You know, I mean, come on, man. I just think about it. I, mean, I take my hat off to the, you know, the YouTubers, but KSI and look at <laughs> they was the main event, man. Yeah. <laughs> the main event, and that was their first pro fight. But it's good, for, you know what? Is if it's good for boxing, I, 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 you know, I ain't got no problem with it because think about it. A reality yeah. show that I was on. It was good for boxing. People was like, man, yeah. they ain't no real boxing. It's a reality show. But guess what? It brought millions of fans to the sport of boxing. Same thing with the YouTubers. That brought millions of fans to the sport of boxing. <laughs> the people that's fighting and, got, and that's complaining, man, I ain't gonna watch that, but they fighters, but they get paid. Guess what? But you making money just off them guys coming yeah. to the sport of boxing. Somebody gonna become a fan of yours, wanna pay to see you fight because of KSI and Logan. So, you know, when you think about the long term and the big picture, think about this, Conor McGregor, when he fought, he got a lot of UFC fighters that decided to want to be boxers. So it brought more money to the fight, the sport of boxing. When he fought uh, Floyd Mayweather, you can't be mad at that man. He put his life on the line. If you had a chance to make $100 million, you wouldn't want nobody to hate on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I hate on the next man. Yeah, definitely. Now, is it? Now, now is it? Now, 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 we know, it, it, hey. You know, would you say that Conor McGregor is a great fighter or KSI a great fighter? No. <laughs> would you say that? Would you say that you know they they be to compete at the top level? No. But what I'm saying though is like you know if a person want to fight, let them fight. If you want to fight, I'm, we're gonna let you fight. Whoever want to fight, let them fight. Can't tell a person what they can and can't do. Yeah, definitely. What did you think? You watched the uh, KSI Logan Paul fight? Yeah, I did. I, I watched some of it. I watched some of it because, you know, I was back and forth watching um, the um, ESPN fight because, you know, my homeboy had fought, Rodell Booker had fought against um, the guy, I think his name was Cub Up or Pull Up. Gotcha. He fought against him. Yeah, so I was I was going back and forth. So what you, yeah, I didn't, what'd you think about the whole, like, experience of, like, them? They, I think they sold out the Staples Center. Absolutely. Hey, listen, that, that was big for boxing because, like I say, man, you you know boxing has lost a lot of fans because yeah. of because of basketball. You know people want to be a hey, little kid nowadays. You see on a basketball court, they want to go to the NBA. Mm-hmm. It used to be a time that boxing was the biggest sport in the world. And uh, <laughs> excuse me, that changed. That changed. You know when our our granddaddies died. You know what I mean? And they they supported boxing. It was all about boxing. Everybody wanted to be a boxer. But nowadays, people want to be a UFC fighter or they yeah. want to be a basketball player and even maybe a baseball player. You even got, a, you know, black people that want to, they want to play golf now. You look at Tiger Woods, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the game changed. So so when you got somebody that, that crosses over, that's a star or that got people that's following them and want to be a boxer or do some boxing, man, you got to take your head off to that because we need all the support we can. Yeah. And uh, boxing is one sport you ain't got to have an education. So people that, they, that you know, that, that didn't graduate, and, and they should take their head off to, you know, something like this. Or especially people that send from the hood. Yeah. People from the hood should be watching boxing, supporting boxing all the time because one thing a lot of people from the hood with no education or they ain't got a daddy can do is fight. 
Yeah. And that's one way you can make you some money. So business-wise, they should be happy for something like that, but they don't know no better. Yeah. They don't like yeah, shorty don't know no better. <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah. And then tell me about, I know you have your YouTube channel and you have a podcast too, so tell me about that. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, my podcast, you know, for all of the fans that's listening in, I support PG Sports. But my podcast is um, K9 Boxing on YouTube, man. It's doing real good, man. I've been um, putting videos out here left and right. Yeah, it's been banging. Um, I did a video with the, um, with the welterweights. And it's like, yeah, it got 162,000 views, so that's trending pretty good. So, yeah, you know, for all the listeners and the fans of boxing, you know, subscribe to K9 Boxing, hit a bell, you know, leave a comment and share the video. And my podcast is, you know, this is tonight. Tonight, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, um, at 9 o'clock. If the fans want to listen in, you know, um, you need to listen in too. Remember the number is 706 uh, 70, 708, yeah, uh, well, 708 506 And then I got some fun questions. So, what what advice okay. would you give? What advice would you give to up and coming boxer? Um, one advice I would give to the up and coming boxer is, um, you know, keep learning, keep learning. You know, um, a loss isn't a loss; it's a lesson if you learn from it. You learn from everything. You know, learn from everything from from when you jab, you get hit when you jab. So when you hit the bag, you know what I'm saying. In the bag, if, if if you know you're not hitting the bag right. I mean, listen and learn, you know, try to pick soak up as much knowledge as you can, but keep learning. And, and, and I'm like I say, learn no matter what. If you lose, if you lost, 
you know, a loss is not a loss. It's a lesson if you learn from it. Keep learning. You know, if you stop learning, you know what I mean, and you don't want to learn, then you shouldn't be boxing. If you if you want to learn, keep learning. Uh, take all your your videos. Like, take you know, have somebody record when you spar. Try to record when you set up boxing. And don't just let your trainer do all the work. You know, you learn from yourself. You know what I mean? Be your own coach, too. Don't allow just your coach to be the only coach. You got to coach yourself. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be the one that's in there. And and, never, and don't stop, man. And, you know, don't stop. Take as less punishment as you can. Keep grinding. And when you reach the top, you know, or the, or the ceiling, you know, open up the ceiling and go further. Just keep going forward, further. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, yeah, I think uh, even today people have – advantage over like when you started just with all the new technology like you said like recording on your phone and stuff like that absolutely man listen <laughs> i'm telling you i, I record my stuff man i wish up more boy if, <laughs> if, I, if i had the opportunity right now or or, or if they say okay because i'm 46 so they probably like oh he's too old right now so you just take take about eight years off my off my off my um my um my age and you give me the opportunity with the technology and everything we got now Oh my goodness! I really would have spanked cats. One, one, one reason, one reason I really didn't spank cats is even more is because I was only fighting once a year. So if I had a chance to change some of my career, I would fight more. Because yeah, when I fought, when I fought a lot on the contender, man, I was I got sharper and sharper. And if you go look and see what I did to uh, Bravo uh, on my YouTube channel at K Nine Boxing, oh my goodness, I was so sharp because I was fighting back to back to back to back. And I didn't give myself a chance to win certain fights, especially like when I fought Charlo, because I wasn't fighting. I fought once a year. Yeah. And as you get older, you don't give yourself a good chance to win. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Are right, you ready for some fun questions? We're going to go from average to savage. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, what's your, what's your favorite song right now? Uh, my favorite song right now? Um, Run Till I Finish. Who's that by? Uh, it's, it's a gospel song. It's a All gospel right. song. I can't really remember who it's by. But that mug is cold, boy. What about what's your favorite meal after a fight? Oh, my favorite meal after a fight actually is cheesecake. All right. Yeah, with, cheesecake. With some strawberries cheesecake. on it? Oh, you know, uh, not really. <laughs> just, not, not, not really. Just, yeah, just cheesecake. It depends, though. It depends, but I like it without the strawberry. All I right. like it, you know, especially if it's a good one. Uh, what about what do you like to do in your free time? Oh, my, uh, my free time? Man, I, um... I really just like to spend time with the family, you know, go to the family, really go to the family. Yeah, be spend time with the family, like go to the movies, mm-hmm. uh, play basketball. Um, shoot, man. Um, really, yeah, just really relax. I like to, on my, on my off time, I like to just relax, really relax, spend time with the family. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And last one, if you weren't a boxer, what do you think you would have done? Man, I, I, I would say rapper because I used to rap. I used to be cold and rapping. But, uh, you know, but how rap just went a whole different way without Illuminati type stuff, man. <laughs> I, if, it, if I had some height, it's true, I would have been a basketball player because, boy, I can play some ball, man. I really wanted to be a basketball player. But um, I would say, let me see, maybe, uh, I don't know. That's a good one because... I, I, I like being. I you know, as a police officer, I kind of respect the police officers, but they get a bad name because yeah. of the ones that do it bad. So that's a good one, man. That's a good one. Um, that's a good one. Probably, probably, probably a teacher or something. All right, I can see it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably a teacher because you know I'm already I'm already teaching people how to box and stuff like that. So when I say teacher, man, just teaching this period, man, as a teacher in school because I love the kids. One thing about me, I love kids, man, and I. 
I love to teach your kids because they don't know no better, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I try, I try my best to help them as much as I can. Any kind of kid, especially boxing, about God. So I would just say a teacher, because, and not just a regular a teacher like in sitting in class. It's a teacher, period. Yeah, teacher in life. Yeah. But have a job at doing it though, like you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. have a job at doing, it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Like, like sitting down at, at the desk as a teacher, you know. Uh, working working in jail, I would love to work in a jail system too, where it's people that got a chance to get out. Yeah, yeah, because you know people that don't have a chance to get out, man. It's like, man, what can you really tell them? You know, it's really like, you know, I don't think I can tell them, man, get saved. But the people that got a chance to get out, I would love to work at a jail cell where people got a chance to get out and kind of you know break it down to them, and so when they leave up out of there, man, they can have you know a whole, you know they won't they won't ever come back. Definitely, definitely. Actually, I forgot to ask you. I was about to. So, what, what's uh, what's uh, little canine up to? Yeah, he yeah. um, he's doing real good. Yeah, he's doing real good. Uh, he didn't go to school today because he, you know, he looked, he looked, um, his head was hurting last night. So, but he's been doing real good, man. He done had close to forty amateur fights. I done had. He done had like eighteen amateur fights this year alone. So he's definitely not doing what I was doing one fight a year. <laughs> he had eighteen. So he's doing real good, man. He number um. He's number nine in the, in the country um, at, at, um, at a middleweight, but at one fifty two, uh, no, 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 no. At, at one fifty two, he's number nine in the country, but at, at middleweight, he's number three in the country. So he's he's been doing real good. He's you know southpaw, six foot one, uh, man, eighteen years old, good kid. You know he ain't out here in the clubs partying. Man, I'm so proud of. Him. He's doing real good. And um, and shout out to my my my, uh, my wife too, man. SB, she helps me with my videos, man. She cold, man. She actually <laughs> can work. I believe she can work for CBS or, or Channel Two or PG Sports because she <laughs> she put the, <laughs> she put the videos together for real, man. She real good. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Yeah, I was wondering who was doing. I thought you were doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we help out. I, <laughs> yeah, I help. Yeah. She helped me out. You know what I'm saying? She helped me out. We 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 work as a team. Yeah. Yeah, All right, well, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, could you let the people know where they can find you at? Oh, yeah, another thing, too, I want to say, too, though, man, you yeah. know, like, if you got any fighters, man, they're looking for a good advisor, man, let me know. I, I'm not interested in being a manager. I manage a few fighters, man, and they're hard to, man, people, man, fighters are very hard to deal with, but oh, yeah. as far as advisor, you know what I mean, I, I, I would love to advise, you yeah. know, I don't mind advising fighters. But um, you know, if anybody want to reach out to K Nine, they can see me on. Um, they can they can reach out to me at, at K Nine Boxing on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please subscribe to K Nine Boxing on YouTube. Like, share, and leave a comment. Arr, 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 my dog, let's get it. Let's go, champ. <laughs> Once again, this episode was powered by CBD for Life. Check them out at cbdforlife.us and use the promo code SAVAGE20 for 20% off your entire purchase. cbdforlife.us. Check them out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.